Good morning, everyone. How are you? Hope all is well. Welcome to another episode. Yet another shot of philosophy. I now have spilled coffee on this book, so it's got coffee on it, post-it notes in it, highlighter all over the place, which is kind of the mark of a good book, in my opinion, right? I think books are sort of designed to be used and to be not necessarily, you know, you don't have to spill coffee on books to prove a point, but the obvious thing here for me is like, this is something I'm using every day. I'm getting something out of it. I'm engaging with it. So I encourage you to be an active reader too, because as we've said, I think in a couple episodes, right, especially for the ancient philosophers, we're not just reading so we can brag about what we read or we can, um, let's say, just gain knowledge. We're really reading to kind of grab hold of some of these ideas and try to actually implement them in our lives, right? So we're, we're listening and we're reading carefully with the intention of actually living maybe differently, right? Um, but definitely with the intention of using the book as a way to thrive in our lives. So it's not enough to just read the books and put them away. We have to underline, put post-it notes, take notes, try things out, spill coffee, whatever we have to do. And the spilling of the coffee is actually a nice metaphor, right? Um, obviously, shot of philosophy is referenced as the uh, image implies to a shot of espresso. Coffee helps us take action. It wakes us up, right? That's what philosophy should do. So I'm happy that I spilled coffee on this book today because I was at first a little bit annoyed, but now I'm justifying it as a good thing. So that being said, really good, I think, organic segue into the brief quote I want to share today. So this is Seneca actually referencing a poet and then going on to elaborate. And again, very similar to this shot idea of a shot of espresso, this shot idea, right? We're taking this... And I think we want to apply what he's saying, the spilling of the coffee, the shot of philosophy, in a number of ways, right? We might want to wake up so we can be patient. We want to wake up so we can be grateful. But I think one of the ways we can wake up that's really relevant to today's quote is wake up and take action with a sense of urgency, right? I think for those of us, I put myself in this in this crowd to this group who are perfectionists, perfectionism I think really leads to paralysis, right? It leads us to doing nothing. We're afraid that if we can't do it perfectly, you know, there's going to be some type of consequence. Usually there isn't, right? And what ends up happening is because we set the bar at perfection, we end up not taking action at all. I've felt myself do this literally this week with an email or with a task where instead of just, you know, letting it, you know, it meaning the email, for example, letting it get done and allow himself to write it. I start overthinking, trying to make it the perfect email, right? It's not even about like a fear of an error necessarily, right? Although that's there as well sometimes. It's about how, you know, how should I phrase this exactly? What's the best way to phrase this? Let's not let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And let's not let perfectionism, and I think to add from Seneca too, right? Perfectionism and this thought that we have time to get, you know, get around to things, prevent us from actually doing the things. So on that note, let me read what he says here, right? So he, he wrote, Listen to the cry of our greatest poet, who as though inspired with divine utterance, sings salutary verses. So like he sings healthy verses. So healthy in what way? Well, healthy for us, right? To help us lead healthy lives. And the quote is from the poet, Life's finest day for wretched mortals here is always first to flee. And Seneca goes on to elaborate, he questions, right, the reader, why do you linger, he means, interpreting the poet, right? Why are you idle? If you don't grasp it first, it flees. And even if you do grasp it, 
it will still flee. So you must match time swiftness with your speed in using it. And you must drink quickly as though from a rapid stream that will not always flow. This is once again, as we've been saying, this is literally the next page from Seneca, right? Time is fleeting. Time is fast. Time is moving. Another idea from the ancient Greek philosophers, time is like a rushing stream, right? As he says here, it's really a popular metaphor they use. Time is moving. Heraclitus, the famous pre-Socratic philosopher, so, you know, before, pretty long before Seneca, says you can never step in the same river twice. The river is moving. It's changing. And you also are getting older with every second. You are not the same person, right? So change is constant. Time, once again, for Seneca is flowing, but it doesn't mean we don't have enough of it. We have to learn how to use it, as we've been saying. So this today, I think, is really about acting with urgency and not lingering. And if we take the question seriously, why are you idle? Why are you not taking action? And make it a little bit broader, right? Why do you idle in general? What are the causes for you to pause and idle when you should be taking action? So I already gave you a couple of mine, right? One is perfectionism and fear of making mistakes. I think this is a very normal thing to, to grapple with. But how intensely and how frequently do these things prevent you from getting things done, from taking risks that might be helpful, from doing something, you know, as I was saying, as simple as writing an email? Do you read it over five times, ten times? Do you not even write it? What's the cause? That's a great self-writing exercise, right? What usually makes me pause? What usually puts me in this state of idleness, in this state of lingering? Maybe it's a lack of energy. Maybe it's a lack of discipline. Maybe it's a lack of focus. Maybe it's a lack of good time management. So if we identify what's preventing us, we can attack those things more effectively and then stop doing this. Right? Because again, time is swift. We want to act swiftly too. And I think this is great advice just for like for a lot of different things. We talked a moment ago about the spiritual development we might want to get from this, right? But also like just, you know, if you're at a job, the person who's good at answering emails acts with urgency. The person who's going to get the call back from whoever, whatever role they might be, they might be in is acting with a sense of urgency. They're good at getting things done. They don't put things off for tomorrow. And I can think about you know, my own career. The people that get back to me the quickest are really usually the best to deal with. The people who respond promptly. The people who, you know, I would say keep good office. The idea that you're attentive to your clients, you're attentive to your students, you're attentive to your stakeholders, right? Of course, we could say we're attentive to our family, friends, significant others. That involves urgency. If your friend turns to you and they need advice, you don't say, ah, I'll talk to you tomorrow. If you're a really good friend, you say, all right, let's talk about it. Or listen, I can't at this moment, but I'll call you back right away. Or let's, let's get dinner tonight. Right? So learning how to respond with urgency, I think, is a really valuable skill. And as I've said, a lack of discipline, a lack of confidence, a lack of time management, um, striving for perfection, right? All these things get in the way of acting with urgency. So we want to get rid of those things, identifying, you know, first, which ones we might be the most guilty of, you know, of uh, perpetrating, let's say. And we want to cultivate urgency as a virtue. I respond to people and ideas and tasks promptly. Again, of course, we were saying these are all things that would be good for you and others too, right? There are some things, of course, we want to delay. But ultimately, I think what we're getting at here is to lead a good life, we want to make sure we respond to the opportunities of the day 
in a way that isn't sluggish or idle or, you know, in a way that we're lingering constantly. Right? Because attentiveness to what is needed has to be met with or followed shortly after by action. Right? And I love the idea, too, of if you don't grasp it, it flees. And even if you do grasp it, it will still flee. So here he's talking about this sort of neutral march of time, right? Time's always moving forward, even if you're so in the moment and you're engaged versus being totally distracted or, as we said, I think yesterday, preoccupied. Time doesn't care. It's moving. But I also think this is great for opportunities. Even if you grasp for an opportunity and you crush it, right? You take the risk. You do the thing. You perform really well. You act with urgency. You still might not get it. And that's a powerful realization. We talked, I think, yesterday once again about luck. I love how he returns to this idea to some degree in this really subtle way. Even if you get after it, even if you do what you have to do to the best of your ability, you still might miss it. That's important to note, right? This very stoic thinking here. Even if, you know, as the stoic archer, the metaphor, right, you, 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 know, you set your feet firmly, you've practiced for hours and hours, you perfectly pull back the arrow and you let it go with, you know, accurate aim, your eyes are clear, your vision's clear, still, it might start raining as the arrow is flying and affect the flight of the arrow. There might be a gust of wind that might affect the flight of the arrow. But it doesn't mean that you still don't the next time take grasp to the best of your ability. It's about adjusting our expectations to realize what Seneca is saying here, which is even if you grasp it, the opportunity, the moment still might flee because it's not only up to you. But in order to lead a full and meaningful life to the best of our ability, we have to take these other steps to act with urgency, to not be idle, to set our feet, to have our aims, and to do our best to train ourselves to take hold of the day, to live in the present, because that's the only moment we have, and train ourselves to be the best we can be. Right? Very much based on the idea of stoic control and the acknowledgement of what we cannot control, I think. So hope this is helpful. Take grasp of the day. See why you might be lingering. Try to eliminate those things. And set realistic expectations. Understand, right, you're entitled to the work, but you're not entitled to the results. Is, I think, a very stoic idea that we might want to consider here. Thanks for listening. Hope this was helpful. I'll talk to you soon.